Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of My Darkest Hour. Yes, I know. It's been a couple of weeks. Been doing a lot of filming out there. I've got this great new uh, episode coming up for the show. You guys, I'll let you know about that. Of course, you guys go to Paraflix and follow me on there and find out more. Also, we've been utilizing the YouTube channel quite a bit and putting a lot of the shows that you guys are seeing here with other things that we've been adding on to different playlists and stuff. So, so you can keep in uh, track with us. And of course, all the links to University Magicus. You know, those of you who follow me, uh, and I'm so grateful that you guys do for uh, the classes at Udemy, of course. You can go there and sign up. Um, we've been having a lot of great requests. We've been doing some great uh, classes out there. Uh, when I'm not filming, it's, it's been pretty crazy, a hectic schedule. You know, so many things going on. And, of course, we're going into that season where things pick up a little bit more. So uh, glad to have you guys joining us here, joining us at the university, and of course, following us on Paraflix. It means a lot to us. Uh, with that being said, you know, I'm very, very excited about my guest tonight on the show. I uh, wanted to get him on here earlier. Uh, I had him on one of the other podcasts that I did, and then he ended up moving. So it was uh, hard to do that. But now that we have things set up here, a lot more video, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to interview across the states, of course, and other countries like we've been doing. Um, so very excited. And uh, this person is also uh, one of the teachers at University of Magicus. Um, if you go check out the teachers and everyone is involved, um, he's an incredible teacher, incredible uh, storyteller. Just an all-around incredible person. So let's go ahead and not waste more time and bring him on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard Lale Lillard. Make sure we got you on here. I think you're on mute. I'm not hearing anything. Hmm. There Does you go. Okay. You there. Look at you. How are you doing? I'm well, my friend. How are you? I am keeping busy, but it's so great to have you on the show finally. You know, it's been a couple of years since I've seen you. It so, has been a couple of years. I, I moved to New York, and then it was, you know, I was dealing with a lot of chaos, and the world, I think, was dealing with chaos. And uh, and chaos, there can be some good things that come from chaos, of course. Chaos magic being one of those things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But now I'm I'm getting ready to move again. New adventures, and you're going to the South, right? I am going. The devil went down to Georgia and then passed through Georgia and went all the way down to New Orleans. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. Well, that's where the crossroads are at, so it makes it a little bit easier. Oh, yes, it does, doesn't it? Absolutely. Making dreams come true. It's been a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um. So one thing I was trying to tell everybody in the beginning when I was when I was introducing you, uh, you're an actor as well. You're a writer. Uh, I believe you did some directing as well. Got behind the camera. I have done a lot. Yes. Um, as far as behind the scenes, I I, I I directed theater more than more than actual film productions. But but I did a lot of uh, of directing in 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 a little theater there in Hollywood. Not far from you, uh, I I did did some some 
some directing there. I was I was an actor. I've done a lot of film and television. Um, I I I I was a set designer for a couple of things, and uh, I paint. I I do. I am working on a book. I still have. I still have. A, I'm still not there yet, but I am working on a book. Um, uh, and and I and I I do all kinds of things. I you know why not? <laughs> Absolutely, because well. When you have that much talent, you know, it's hard to just stop doing one thing. You've got to kind of attack everything that you can because you want to get all that information, the things that you're doing, the things you're experiencing out there. For the well, that and, you know, it, it's sort of like I think about that, like the magic being pent up, that if, if it if it gets pent up too much, then you have to just explode and do it. So I, I feel like it's good to do something artistic a little bit every day. Even you know, getting dressed in the morning is a little bit of a, a little bit of an art, I think. <laughs> well, sometimes that's what you got to put it. You infuse your everyday magic in the things that you do to enhance your life. You know, the performance of your life. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, you. Also, Richard Richard Lale is also known as the Gentleman Psychic. And that's, I believe, the first time I met you was when we were up in Virginia City. Yeah. I had the keys to the, the Washoe Club, and we were running around there with Patty and everything. That was a great experience. It was um, really a great experience. But to this date, that is one of the most terrifying paranormal experiences that I've had. And it's also one of the funniest. So you you know the old Washu Club. It's it is haunted. It's severely haunted. Um, Patty and I and a few others we we went around and we were we were interacting with these with these professional ladies on the other side. And you know the, the voice box would would started picking up sounds of of intimacy. To be honest, and oh, so wow. that was fun. And we would sing and we would laugh and you know it was fun. And I thought, okay, I need to go into this other room. I walked off into the other room and I saw there was a woman in blue standing, looking down at something. And I said, okay, what are you, what are you trying to show me? And I followed her, her line of sight and I looked down and I saw boots and legs, but I felt no humanity whatsoever. And I went, nope, no, no. No, 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 I'm getting out. No, 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 no. And then I came to my senses. And I went back in with the light on my phone. And I realized it was a mannequin dressed as Willie Nelson. And that, <laughs> and the spirit was, she was looking at this, this mannequin dressed as Willie Nelson. And when I, when I saw something physical, but there was nothing behind it, I was terrified. That terrified me. That's funny because you being a psychic, when you're encountering other spirits and stuff, you still feel the uh, the sense of their their warmth, their glow, or the, yeah, you know the absolutely. energy coming from them. But you come across something like that, and it's, it's cold, and you're like, "What is this? That is awesome! That just shows you the difference right there." Yeah, it was it was interesting. Though I I I really enjoyed more the interaction with the woman in the front room because. Again, not only were there sounds of intimacy, but I, I would go in and I was it, it was not the 1860s. It was the 1960s. But I was singing um, Hey, Big Spender. 
from Sweet Charity. And and oh, of yeah. course, the spirits were, oh, well, we get that. We understand. We understand intimacy and we understand doing it for pleasure and for business. Okay, we understand that. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny. They're still living their times, doing the work, you know. Oh, yeah. It's not like anything's really changed. They've just got rid of the avatar and are still functioning in their life like they were prior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's really where there is, I, as a, as a psychic and medium, I don't, I don't know how it happens. I I don't know. I I don't know if it's a recording on a needle. I don't know if, if I'm seeing through time, I don't know. I don't really have the answer, but, but I do feel them and I see them and I hear them. Yeah. Well, because you're, you're connecting with that realm, whatever that frequency is, because you're walking into it because your feelers are open and you're like, okay, what's going on here, you know? And sometimes I'll just connect with you and whatever's happening is happening and you're able to see it. So that's, that's amazing. When you were younger and you were discovering these abilities, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience, like how you started realizing this was happening to you? Yeah, you know, it was very strange because I grew up in a very religious household. They were they were Pentecostals, which is a, they're now more broader evangelical, but I was Pentecostal and they believe in the gift of prophecy and they they believed in the gift of healing. They they believe in all of these supernatural things, but they 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 just think, "Oh, well, you know things and that's okay." So as a kid, and also a kid who was more than likely on the autism spectrum, I, I knew things. And I thought that I was saying things that everybody knew. I just, it was just one of those things. Um, I remember, you know, a couple of times when I was really young, um, when, I, when it first, it, it, it didn't strike me, but one of the first predictions, one of the first things that I did was my father when I was four, almost five, came down with uh, gambaret polio, and he had he was in bad shape, and then he slipped into a coma and was pronounced dead. However, everyone would ask me, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I would say, "My father is coming home for my birthday," and they'd go, "Oh bless, oh bless," which of course is sort of christianese for you dumb kid you have no idea you dumb kid well my father was pronounced dead and then he cleared his throat for the first time in a month and he sat right up in bed after he was already covered up with a sheet and the nurse screamed and passed out and the doctor came running in and he nearly passed out and my father said he said what well, he said what happened and my father said, oh, I don't know. I just said hello. And she passed out. The doctor said, well, if a corpse had talked to you, you'd pass out too. So my father came home the day and the night before my fifth birthday. My mother says, well, honey, aren't you excited? Your daddy came home. I said, I knew he was going to. And I also remember thinking, I'll have him for 20 more years, a little more, but 20 more years. And then sure enough, he 20 years later, he passed away for good on my the day and the night after my 25th birthday. So oh, wow. uh, there was that. But, but yeah, there were little things as a kid. Like I, I would know 
for instance, um, my father would be working on the car and he would say, now, where is where where is my screwdriver? Where is that screwdriver? And I would say it's in your it's in your right pocket. And he would say, no, it isn't. Now, I'm he was left handed. And he would, I would say, just check in your right pocket. He'd go here. Oh, it is in my right pocket. How did you know that? I don't know. I just knew it. Um, but I, I even still, even as an adult, you know, I, I was a, I was a, I moved to Vegas in in my twenties after my father's death, and I was I was a singing blackjack dealer. I was Freddie Mercury. I was a Freddie Mercury impersonator. Cool. At the Imperial Palace, and the funny thing was, we had we had a, a card shuffler, and I would as the cards would go out, I would touch the back of the card, and I knew what the whole table was going to be, and I would say. I would take the card and I would touch it and I would say three of diamonds and I would turn it over and it'd be right. Uh, this is, this is a, a, a nine of, of spades. Here it is. And, and I, I would go down around the table and they would go, how do you do that? Don't go. I don't know. I don't know. And I remember one time when I was, I was dealing blackjack and there was, there were three people at this table and guy number two had a really big bet, like a hundred bucks for me. Uh, like here, if you win, if I win, you win a hundred bucks. And then, you know, it, that, that would, that'd be great. So the guy in front, he has, I think he has, uh, you know, it, the, the cards aren't exactly important, but I think he had 13 and the next guy had, had, had one that he had needed to draw and the next guy needed to draw. And I had uh, I had a six, I think, or a seven. And the, the man says, hit me. I said, no, you don't want to do that because you're already dead in the water. You have 13. You, this, this next card is a 10. And if that's a 10, you're going to take the 10 that would give this guy 21. If you take that, that's, the, that's money out of, my, out of my pocket because he needs that 10. He'll get a seven. And then this one over here, he will get the he will get the seven that would have made him have twenty, that this guy would have gotten. And if you take that card, then I'm going to draw until I I will have twenty one. If you take a card, he says, "I said hit me." I said, "Fine." Twenty three, seventeen, eighteen, twenty one. Are you happy? <laughs> That's funny. At least gave him the chance, you know. Most right. people would just, most people would just use that to their advantage, but you're like, no, dude, this is not what you want to do. That is that is hilarious, right? So I I didn't even realize what I was doing. It was just so funny. It was just it was just a natural thing for me. Um, I when I was in Europe, I started seeing things more frequently and more. I was more open to it, and I I didn't I didn't fully understand. And it really wasn't until I moved to San Francisco until a friend of mine said, I have them right here. This is the box for it for them. Uh, a friend of mine says, hey, I have a gift for you. I said, OK. He says, but before I give you this gift, you have to promise me that you will give me a reading. And I said, but I don't understand. I don't know what the cards mean. He says, just give me a reading. I said, okay. So this was he, what he gave me. It's the Toth Tarot, Alistair Crowley. And I sat down and I gave him a reading. And he said, whoa. He says, whoa, that was really good. That was, 
really impressive. I don't know how you knew those things. And I went, well, I just saw what I saw. I don't know. And so I, I from that, I, I started doing parties and events on occasion. It was a side thing. And then, of course, in Los Angeles, my focus was film, television, acting, theater. And uh, I, I was... I was working at a place called the Beetle House. It was a Tim Burton inspired bar and restaurant. I was the MC. I was I was Willy Wonka. That was what I did. I was known for that. I was I would impersonate Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, and I, I would do birthday celebrations and I would do stand up, all kinds of things. And then the club closed down, and they 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 were closed for they were moving or they were renovating. I don't fully remember. But they they were closed, and I went, oh, that was my steady income. Now I need to do something. And I said, well, you know what? I read tarot on the side. I'll just post online that I that I'm offering readings for people. And then people started coming, and that was when I I, I was introduced to Frankie Franck, who introduced me to Patty Negri, and Patty Negri introduced me to Zach Bagans, and more importantly, she introduced me to you. That's true. Love Patty. She does that kind of stuff, which was awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dear friend of mine and yours. That's right. I'm, I'm working with her all weekend, so I'll uh, tell her that I saw you and she'll be excited about the show. Yeah. Well, you know, she and I, we work together on, on Wednesday nights, too. We do a show called um, The... What, now, now, I, now I had to... My, my, oh, man. It's the Witch's Movie Coven. Yes, yes. And we, we discuss witchcraft in film and television. This week we'll be doing, in honor of me moving to New Orleans, we'll be doing American Horror Story Coven, which takes place in New Orleans. Mm, nice. You're actually going to be at the, the house there where they filmed it? No, we, we, we do, a, a, we do a, a, a live like like we're doing now it's it's a podcast so oh cool cool mm-hmm. but who knows now that i'm in new orleans as of next week maybe we will well that'd be awesome because me and patty and i did uh the american horror story murder house in los angeles oh yes i i remember seeing yeah. that yeah that was an interesting place so that'd be really cool if you guys had the opportunity to go there and check that out like in person that'd be great to see something like that wouldn't it I think maybe that will be on our bucket list. That'll be something we'll work on. Maybe I should call them and set something up. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you I know, know a lot of those people, so that's cool. She's going to be in New Orleans um, for, oh, goodness. I, I, I can't remember her schedule, but I, I think it, there's, a, there's a paranormal convention in New Orleans, that, and she'll be, she'll be there. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know her schedule, but I'll be there now, too, so awesome that'll that'll be good you guys have a lot of fun out there yeah in your new in your new uh area where you're living that'll be great there's so much stuff to do there you know i i i think so i I, i've only been once when i was a kid i didn't mean to interrupt you i was i've only been once when i was a kid but i i believe you know since i was younger i've always had this fascination and this this learning yearning towards new orleans and i i 
I would always say, no, 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 no. It's the South. No, 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 no. I don't really drink. No, So I don't care about Bourbon Street. And I don't care about Mardi Gras. I don't care. No, no, no. And then I, I almost bought a house. And my friend says, nope, it's in the Ninth Ward. And I went, I don't know what that means. Well, it was after Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, it, you'll be robbed by nine-year-olds on your front porch. And there are mosquitoes and cockroaches the sizes of Volkswagens. I went, nope, okay, that's it. I, I would be fine until you talk about the bugs. But now I'm moving there, so we'll see. Just have to get a bigger can of uh, Raid to kind of go <laughs> right. through. Well, it's swamplands and a lot of water area, so those things grow really big down there. And when I was there, they had these June bugs that fly. Oh, yes. They, they hit you, and it hurts. You're like, what the hell was that? Someone threw a rock at me. But no, it's these June bugs that are just massive. And they're beautiful. They are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But don't want to be caught in a uh, swarm of those, though. Like, no. Pretty no. Awesome. So I know... When I had you on the other show, we talked a little bit, and you were, you just mentioned now that you were a Freddie Mercury uh, impersonator when you were at the doing the card thing. Mm -hmm. uh, did you continue on that? I mean, did you do a lot of shows? People I were paying to come see that. I I did. I I ended up. I was I was a scene blackjack dealer in Vegas, and I was so tired. I was so bored of of dealing blackjack i felt like i was a dancing monkey you know I, I, and it was it was partially because yes everyone enjoyed it but sometimes my by my wednesday my voice was wrecked you, you, i'm talking for eight hours and i'm around all of the cigarette smoke and then trying to sing queen and you know uh, by by on my monday my my voice would be clear and bright mama but by my Wednesday, it would be, ah, nah, oh. Oh, yeah, from doing it all the time. Sure. So I would tell them, please, <clears throat> it's three o'clock in the morning. Please just give me crazy little thing called love. I had to perform three times. Just give me crazy little thing called love. It's a minute and a half. It's in a, it's in a low register of this thing called love. Let me have that. Let me do that. And as I would ascend my staircase, I would hear my backing track for Bohemian Rhapsody. And then as I'm getting off the stage, then I hear. Um, <laughs> and I go, what are you, are you trying to kill me? And then it would, it would go to don't stop me now. And I'm going, OK, I am done. I am done. Yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of energy right there. That's that's a lot of energy. So I. I decided that I was going to take a, I was going to move to London. I bought a one-way ticket to England and everyone said, you can't just move to England. I said, oh yes, I can watch me. So I bought a one-way ticket to England, to London. And the woman says to me, wait, don't I know you? I said, oh no, darling, I don't think that's possible. She says, no, I've seen you on the telly. I said, oh, I'm famous, dear. She says, I mean, what have you been on? At this time, I really hadn't been on anything. Like nothing. I was in Vegas. I had not really been on anything. I said, oh, you wouldn't have seen them. American things, really. She says, no, I know I've seen you on the telly. What are you here for? I said, oh, just for fun. She goes, oh, all right. Enjoy your stay. 
one-way ticket to England. And then I ran out of money because it, at the time, the pound was double the, worth double the dollar. So I, I, I didn't have a lot of, a lot of liquid funding. And I, I got a, someone hired me to go to Greece and I stayed in Greece for six months and I performed. They, they flew me there. They had my room and board. They paid me 600 euros a week for my show. And it was, it was fun. And then I went to Sweden and Denmark. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of people who, who they would pay to see the show. That's awesome. I mean, I'm a huge Queen fan. And for you to be able to sing stuff like that and then to get paid for doing that, it's like, wow, that's like a little dream come true right there. Who expects that? You know, that's amazing. It was quite amazing. It's been it's been quite an adventure. But you know it, that 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 harkens back to a magic thing too, because you have to be very careful what you ask for. When I was a kid, I wanted to be treated like a rock star, and people treated me like Freddie Mercury, and I went, oh. But but there was. When I had moved to Hollywood, I was feeling very sorry for myself. It was the predecessor to my car now, which is everyone knows him affectionately as as Mr. Satan. My previous car was Gloria because people would say, what a glorious car. It was a similar it was a similar style. 1930s classic car. And uh, I was driving. I, I lived on I lived on Sun, Santa Monica and. Well, it was, I can't remember now. I was, I was over by Hollywood forever. And I was driving along feeling very sorry for myself that I hadn't accomplished what I had, I had set out to accomplish. And the, all I can say is the spirit of the universe or the lady, whoever she is, she said to me, you asked for this car. Look at this car. Isn't it what you asked for? I said, yes, it's exactly what I asked for. She said, look at that man getting on the bus. He doesn't have any car, much less one that he asked for. And in fact, he's getting on that bus because he's tired. I said, okay. She said, and where do you live? I said, right there. She said, remember when you said you were going to live in Hollywood, California? And she said, remember when you said that you were going to wear a, a custom three-piece suit every day and wear a top hat and carry a cane? And remember how you said that you were going to be treated like a rock star and people treated you like Freddie Mercury, who was a rock star? I said, yes, I know. I get that. But that's not what I wanted. She says, but it is what you asked for. She said, um, what do you want? I said, I want to be an actor. She says, um, you're not Willy Wonka. And every day you put on a costume and you put on that makeup and you put on your top hat and your custom three-piece suit and you carry your walking stick that every day people hand you money and they, can, can you think of any other way that could happen? I said, oh, okay, you're right. That is acting. You are right. She, I, she said, what do you want? I said, I know, I know, I know. I want to be famous. She says, um, you are. <laughs> On one hand, there is the Willy Wonka thing. Can you think of anybody on this planet that millions of people from every city, state, continent on the planet, at least one person has a photo in every place on this planet. Can you think of anybody 
I said, no, you're right. But that's not what I asked for. She says, well, you've gotten everything that you've asked for. I said, I know, but that's not how I intended it. And she said, but you asked for it. This is the magic that you created. You asked for it. She said, what do you want? And I went, I, it, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. She said, well, if you don't know, I don't know. And if I don't know, I cannot help you. And until you know what you want, you know where to find me. And I drifted for a couple of years because I didn't know what to ask for because she had basically slapped me and said, you have everything you've asked for has been accomplished. And so when you, when you do magic, you have to make certain that you are incredibly specific with your intention. You can't be vague because energy will take the path of least resistance. And so you can't be vague. You have to be exact. You have to know the ins and the outs. And then also people get tired. They say, well, why isn't my magic working? You have to check and see, how did I ask? What did I ask for? Did this thing that I asked for actually happen in a way that I wasn't noticing? Energy takes the path of least resistance. So you have to break it down and give them the description of what you're talking about. But like you said in the beginning, you need to know exactly what you want. You just can't say, oh, yeah, I just want to be famous. It's like, okay. Because, you know, I, I would think like the same way. I would ask for these things and, oh, I want to be famous, you know, and I'm known all over the world and I've done all kinds of great things. And I, I keep remembering that. But one of the things I should have put in there said, oh, I want to be uh, famous and rich. Because right? money it's, didn't come through. And I'm like, what, what happened? It's like, oh, what are you talking about? People know you all over the world. Exactly. So fame does not necessarily bring money. So make certain that when you are doing your intention work, that you are adding money into that mix because it, it does help. Yeah. You got to let, let them know what you're looking for. And you, like you said, uh, if you're not if you're not clear, it'll just go get the simplest thing and say, "Well, this is this is what you said, right here. Just here you go." Well, and, and you know, water is energy, and if you pour water in on the floor, it will try to fill the space. That's the wonderful thing about about water is that it tries to fill the space. Whatever the container is, water will try to fill it. Now, the thing is, how do you you know you you pour the water out? It'll it will take the path of least resistance. However. We can now go into our homes and we can turn on the water and we know that, that that water is going to come through those pipes and it's going to come out of out of that faucet. We know that, but that's because we lay the groundwork and then we force the water to go into these ways. And magic is the same way. We do the groundwork. Otherwise, it, it, it'll just go where it, it naturally wants to go and you can't control it. So you have to do the groundwork. You have to lay, you'd have to do a lot of hard work and then you have to tell the, the energy where you, where to go, where to direct it. Absolutely. You got to guide it. Let it know that, that that's, that's part of the, the intent and you're putting more of that clarifying energy into it. So it'll work better as long as it's more defined. See, that's why you guys should go follow him at the university of magic and sign up for his classes. That is true. That all is true. Your information. I, I do teach there periodically, uh, usually about once a week, um, sometimes more, sometimes less. 
uh, depending upon what's happening in my world and the world of University Magicus. And we, I, you know, I, I talk about uh, things. I help people to 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 build their their psychic abilities. I I help people to build their magic. I help people to to understand a little bit of the paranormal world, the occult world, the the, the spiritual world. Absolutely, it's very important, especially with the university. Uh, there is a lot of diversity in the, the teachers and the classes, and Absolutely. you bring so much of that to the, the students. I think it's great. And plus, even on your YouTube channel, you go back and you talk about all this rich history and stuff, which is so great because you don't hear those stories in most places. You kind of hear little bits and pieces of the story, but you actually give like a storyteller's uh, position of these facts and stuff, the stories that you know, and it really... Uh, brings people into it. I've watched it many a times. Go, wow, this is such a great story, you know. So that's that's awesome with your YouTube channel. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's fun. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to doing more educational ones. I I had stopped producing videos for a little while because my life was in chaos, but I'm looking forward, and my boys here will be able to work again. Um, I have still been doing story time and which is movie coven and doing the occasional live, but now I'll start, I'll start producing again because, because I miss it. I really do miss it. It's, it's different. You know, I, I, the, the funny thing is when I moved to New York, I actually originally moved two hours from the city because I lived in, in Los Angeles in Pasadena and Pasadena can sometimes be, it's only 20 miles. It can sometimes be, two hours to get to Santa Monica, but it's fine. You're still, you're still in, you're still in Los Angeles, but 20 miles outside of New York city, you are in the middle of nowhere. It, it is so bizarre because of course, Los Angeles goes this way, but New York city goes this way. That's so right. you, you 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 get 20 miles out and you are in the country and you are the, the trains don't go regularly and if you're going through towns if you drive that it's 15 miles an hour and then 30 and then 10 and then 20 it's it's 2 hours in New York is not 2 hours in LA it is not it's a whole different world absolutely it's a whole different world and that's why i am looking forward to moving to new orleans because it does have it does have the art and it does have the magic and it does have the paranormal and it has it has theater it has filming it has so many things that I am so looking forward to reconnecting with. Absolutely, even when it's quiet out there, it's such, such a great outside. The skies are nice and clear, and you just it's a good, cool feeling out there. You know, it's nice. The people are all real nice. You know, in the certain areas. There are some areas you don't want to go down to because, you know, they're not the greatest areas. But, you know, there is a lot of history there. Lafayette Cemetery, of course, is such an amazing place to go hang out there. I could spend days in there, you know. Uh, and just all the, the history uh, as well. There's so many historical places there. So much history has passed through there. It's, it's a place that you can really get caught up in, especially if someone like you who's telling all these great uh, uh stories about the paranormal or these legends of things that have happened. I mean, there's so much there you could focus on and talk about as well. 
Absolutely. Again, I am really looking forward. I'm I'm positively optimistic for my 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 recent endeavor south. Nice. It's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be everything you're looking forward to because it's such a big change from coming from the city. You know, New it's, York's awesome, but I can only handle visiting it for a little while than going back. Well, home. you know, the thing, the thing with, I, I, I'm, I am presently out on Long Island. I'm 20 miles away. Okay. Um, but the city is, everything is up and you feel a little claustrophobic because it is so much, but out here on the, on Long Island, it's very provincial. And, um, out here, they they don't really appreciate the artist or the oddball. In the city, I love to be in the city. I love, I love, I love to be in New York City because I get two reactions, two reactions that I enjoy equally. One reaction is, wow, I like this. You look really great. And the other reaction is, They just ignore me. They just pretend I don't exist. And I love that. But out here on the island, it's, why are you dressed like that? Are you in a play? I mean, you're really dressed so weird. I just don't know. <laughs> that totally sounds like Long Island, too. <laughs> and what's worse is when they do the, the, the what's called the Locust Valley Lockjaw. It was most notably used by Thurston Howell III in Gilligan's Island. And they'll say, well, you know, they're just not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, that just shows you the difference of being out on the, on Long Island versus being in the city. Just a different environment. Abs it's, it's completely... Be sure that you when you ask... For when you when you manifest your magic, make certain you know what you're getting yourself into. And I will add, always, always trust your intuition because I have found myself. I I can sit down and I'll lay out the cards, and people say, "Wow, that was accurate. You were so right." And they'll call me six months later and they say, "Yes, everything you said has happened. You are so right. You are right." But when I when I lay them out for myself, I go, oh, it does mean that. But maybe it doesn't really mean that. Maybe that's not really what's going to happen. And then it bites me in the butt and it happens. So trust your intuition um, and always stand behind what you say. Uh it's really important. That's 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 what I can drive home today is stand stand by what you say and what you think. Trust your intuition. Trust your magic. Absolutely. And it's good that you're going to a place where you can be inspired and stuff, especially with the art. You know, we were talking a little bit before about you doing a lot of artwork, and I see a lot of the, the pictures and stuff, which are incredible. Um, so. Let's talk a little bit about that. What's like the inspiration that you get when you're going to do a picture? You know, it's so funny because uh, there's there's inspiration comes from different places. Um, when I do Scared and Alone, we are trying to ramp up. We're we're scouting locations now. Um, when I do Scared and Alone, I don't know anything about the place. I don't know anything about it. I I will look up the exterior so that I know 
visually what I'm painting. I don't click on any websites. I don't, I don't look at any of the ghost stories. I just look at the picture of the place and that's it. And then I will paint what I see. And I have, I have, I have painted, there have been times where I've painted people that ended up by being the people who owned the houses. I, I just, I had no idea, but I just would paint what I saw. Um, there was other inspiration. I, I'm doing a tarot deck. I have I have a few more paintings I need to do before before it's finished. But I'm doing a, a tarot deck. Um, I love I love occult symbolism. I, I just adore it. Uh, so that's that's oftentimes. But really, it's so funny how I even started painting was when I was a kid. I would I would wish for things. And I didn't know how to bring it into my existence unless I drew it. So I would, I would draw these things, and then I, I, it would come to my, it would come to me. And then I was, I was in my early twenties. I was doing ballet. I was a ballet danseur with the Mid Midwest Regional Ballet Theater Company. And my ballet mistress, she said to me, "Hey, Rich, that's what she called me. Rich, can you paint me a?" Um, can you paint me a grandfather clock? We need it for this scene. And I said, sure. And I picked up this paintbrush and I created this elaborate three-dimensional grandfather clock on, on what was basically plywood. And she says, wow, why didn't you tell me you could paint? And I said, I didn't know I could. I've never picked up a paintbrush in my life. That's she perfect. Said, what? And then from that, I, I paid for my dance lessons with, by painting the sets, I did. I would just paint what I saw from here, and, and a lot of people, when, when they when they draw, when they paint, when they when they when they create, most people have to look at a picture and then translate the picture to the page. But if I look at a if I look at a picture, I cannot. I I, I can paint from here. I can't paint from here. Interesting. So when you're looking at a blank piece of paper or a canvas, you're actually seeing the image in your mind of what's already on the canvas. You're yep. just kind of filling it in what you're seeing. Absolutely. That's awesome. For those of you out there who want to check out some of his work, you can go to thegentlemanpsychic.com. There is uh, links on there for the artwork. Um, are you doing a special requests and stuff like that as well? I, you know, I do, I do actually do special requests. Um, it, 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 it depends. Um, it, it depends on my mood. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Cause you can't put art into something if you're not feeling the inspiration at that point, because then it, you start kind of trying to force it and it's not going to come out. Exactly. Uh, I did one for, uh, I, speaking of New Orleans and special requests, uh, Bloody Mary, who is a, a, a Ghost Adventures uh, alumni. Uh, she, I did one for her, for, for her, her daughter and son, daughter-in-law and son, sons. They, they're, 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 they were expecting a baby. So uh, I created an Alice in Wonderland themed family portrait for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. So when I go back down to New Orleans, I'm sure that I will see my painting hanging at, in her shop. That's awesome.
So you're already making your way in there. You already got things there that are waiting for you to show up. And, and you know, it's so funny because I knew when I, when I was considering New Orleans, I knew I had three or four friends, but as it turns out, I have 15 or 20, maybe more of people that have come out of the woodwork and said, Oh yeah, I live in New Orleans. Oh, I live in New Orleans part-time. Oh, I have a house there. Oh, I visit there all the time. So it's not like I'm going alone. I am, but I'm not, but you know, I am, but I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you're just going to some foreign land and you don't know anybody you're starting from scratch. But, and I know. mean, I, I have done that, mind you. Oh, Vegas, cool. Los Angeles, um, San Francisco, Los, uh, all, all I've done, Europe. I, I didn't know anybody. I just went. It, it makes sense. Sometimes a lot of people do that. But, you know, moving around, it's always such a weird thing when you're doing a versus being on vacation and versus doing a permanent move. You know, we're actually uprooting and taking everything that you have to a new location to start. It so when is, you have people there familiar, it makes it so much easier. It does. And hopefully it'll make it easier to actually unload my possessions because I have a lot of heavy furniture. <laughs> <laughs> all classic furniture, though. I yeah, mean, all of it's antique, 18th, 19th, early 20th century. That's awesome. People wish they had that kind of stuff. I've been to your house before, so I've seen that some of the stuff you have. It's pretty amazing. The couches and all that stuff. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. So let's talk about um, the videos and stuff. I mean, you have uh, a lot of different videos you do, like we were talking about. Um, a lot of the subjects, magic, the paranormal, uh, even Satanism. Uh, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of big misconception out there about Satanism and stuff that people don't really understand. But of when course. you explain it, it, it seems to make so much more sense and down to earth. A lot of people just like freak out and they just go into Hollywood land. It's like, no, no, hold on, back up. That's, that's not what's happening. Just stop. Exactly. And, you know, I, I was in Salem for SatanCon. Um, not, uh, Boston, rather. I was in Boston for Sa SatanCon. And there were all kinds of protesters. And I, I, I did a little a brief interview and it was... It was just, yes, I'm going in. No, it's not the 1980s. No, it's not a horror film. No, that's we don't sacrifice babies. That's None of that is, is, is anything we do. Um, however, yes, people people have, have a very sort of, especially in, at this point in time, when, when people hear the word Satan, they automatically, for whatever reason, they automatically go back to those Hammer films of the, of the, the 70s and 80s. And that's that's not what really it is about. It's really closer to Buddhism than it is anything else, because uh, there are there are theistic Buddhists and there are atheistic Buddhists. Most are atheist. They use the, the the image of the Buddha. They use the image of the Buddha as something to achieve, and likewise in Satanism, that is it. I I don't believe in a literal Satan. I do believe in, in ghosts and, and energies and I, all kinds of strange things that typical atheists don't believe in. But I, 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 I don't believe in a literal, physical Satan. I think he gets too much credit. Um, however, in the mythology, 
the Satan, whether it be in, 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 in the Torah or the Quran or the Bible, never tells one single lie, not one. The, for the father of lies, he never tells a lie, not one. And it's, it's also when you look at it, it's him saying, okay, come on, let's think rationally here. Let's, let's, you can do these things. You don't have to go through the trouble. You can all, you don't have to, you don't have to crucify yourself because you, you it's literally yours. The world is already yours. Don't crucify yourself. Um, even the, the serpent in the Old Testament, he says, take and eat of the fruit for when, when you do, your eyes will be opened and you will un have understanding. And then she, Eve says, but no, but Yahweh says that if I eat of this apple, the day that I eat of it, I will die. This fruit, she doesn't call it an apple, but the, but the time that I eat of this fruit, the day I eat of it, I will die. You will not die, but have, you will have wisdom. And sure enough, they say that they lived another thousand years, so they didn't die that day. And they understood right and wrong. They didn't have any understanding before. So there was no lie. So that is exactly what I want to be, is, is as honest as I can be, as humane as I can be. And I want people to reach their full potential, no matter what that may be. And everyone's, everyone is different, but I want everyone to use... I want everyone to have all of the tools at their at their fingertips that they can build a better life, that they can have a better world, that they can care about each other more. And that's that's exactly what it's all about. You know, people shouldn't limit themselves or hold themselves back from of achieving something that they truly want to achieve, because that's what you're here for. You're here to see what you can do with this short time here. Go for it. You know, exactly. Absolutely. Be the best it's, you can, whatever it takes to get you there. Yep. So it's not evil. It's that's that's all Hollywood. I, yes. I, I use the line, "I love children. I can just never finish a whole one." <laughs> but the truth is, I you know we that's not something that Satanists do. We don't we don't do that. Yeah, it does that what it. Technically, that doesn't even make sense. So I don't see why people jump back. But it, once again, Hollywood has fabricated so much stuff and everyone is just, you know, well, oh, this way or that way. You know, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist and everything's bad except for this right here. You and know? you know what's even funnier, uh, speaking of Hollywood and, and their corruption of things, is the Ouija board. In the 19th century, there was so much death when the when the Ouija board came out. It was a family thing. People would gather. Christian families would gather, and and, and use the spirit board. Couples would romantically come together, and they would they would they would sit in the dark, and they would hold each other's hands, and they would their knees would touch under the table. But it really, it, it was literally demonized in the 1970s with The Exorcist. They had yeah. to find they had to find a way, they had to find a reason that the girl became possessed. And so from the 1970s onward, now people have this whole fear of the spirit board because of that one movie. 
That's exactly it. They had to find a way to make it happen, and that was a popular toy at the time. Like, oh, everyone's talking to spirits. This could have a, a adverse effect, and the girl can get possessed. Blah blah blah. You know, uh, it just seemed to work out for the story, and people just bought it. Now all of a sudden, it's you know, it's it's much the same reason why clowns have lost favor. Now, mind you, yes, John Wayne Gacy was was a killer clown, but really. Pennywise is why people are scared of clowns to this day. And sewers. It's just, it, cinema does that. Cinema is magic. Cinema changes things. Now, I'm not afraid of clowns. I actually have, I'm going to show you a little show and tell. Cool. Because I am not afraid of clowns. I actually really love clowns. And I have... Oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> Aren't they great? And the funny thing is, um, which one? I think it was this one. A friend of mine, I had posted that I, I, I loved him and she bought him for me and sent him to me. And then I found his brother. Oh, wow. Look at that. Together. So these, they're, they're, they're roughly from uh, 1900 and uh, I, I'm not afraid of clowns. I'm also not afraid of the devil. And this is another one I want to show you, a little more show and tell. Another friend of mine had found this little devil online. Wow, look at that. And he is, he's quite spirited. I, he was naked, and I made him this little, this little classic devil suit. That's cool. And he's not, like I said, he is very spirited. He's handmade, and I, I, he's, he's, he's got some life in him. Nice. And then, of course, my my boys, they date from the, the 30s from Europe, and they are, they're very haunted. That's cool. Love antique stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of fun. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of clowns. Yeah. Why, why would you be afraid of the devil? Unless you start a fight with them or something. I mean, what? Right? Uh, exactly. A lot of people don't see it that way. They just do what they're told and are automatically frightened. And I get it. They frighten them so they can keep them on a certain path, you know, without expanding and, their knowledge. And, and, and it is a certain path and it does. There is so much indoctrination, you know, years ago. I, 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 I'm going to tell you a very personal story that I, I don't often tell, but it talks about the indoctrination. Years ago, I was visited by these beings that were, um, they, they were shadow and they had horns and they didn't speak English, but I could understand them. But everything they said was very, it rhymed. It was very sort of sing-songy and poetic. There was, there was a male version and a female version. And they came down and they, they were talking to me and I was, I was in that, that state between awake and asleep. And they said, they said something. And I said, I need 25 years. And they said, you don't even know what we're offering. And I said that I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Now, why, why did I do that? Because of my indoctrination. And then they went, okay. And then I woke up and I was, I felt so horrible that I was so rude in my, in my indoctrination from when I was a kid I, I, they had not off, they were not 
they were not scary. They were not evil. They were polite. They were kind. But my indoctrination from seeing things that were different as evil, it, it filtered into that sub subconscious. And, you know, I, I have asked their forgiveness and asked that they would return. I haven't seen them yet. Who knows? Maybe it'll be 25 years. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe at the crossroads in New Orleans. Who knows? Who knows? That could be a good spot for that to happen. I think so. I think so. I mean, you know what? I I, I did actually. Speaking of crossroads, I I I am not. A, I don't. I don't practice voodoo because it is a closed religion. But I am inspired by much of the voodoo culture, and there are a lot of voodoo deities that I call upon when I'm trying to do magic. And uh, when I was in Pasadena, I had done a crossroads spell right there by that big old Victorian house. And I went out for a walk that evening. I saw there was a, a blackbird that followed, followed me. And then an owl flew out of the tree and then stared at me and flew back in the tree. And then as I walked back around up to the house, I saw a man walking in the middle of the road. His eyes were white. He had a tall straw hat on. He was dragging a cart and he had, he had this liquid in his hand that he was drinking, but he had no, his eyes had, they were fire. There were no pupils. There was, there was nothing. There was, it was just white. And it was, it was as white as daylight. And I told my friend, I said, let's go, let's get in the house. Let's go in the house because I know who that is. This is, I know who that is. That's Papa Legba. Let's just get in the house. So we got in the house and I, I told her, I said, this, that was, that was Papa Legba. That was who I had called upon for this, for this crossroad. So maybe New Orleans, well, that, maybe that's the crossroad I need to be at. Yeah. He's going to be like, Hey, what was that in California? Why was I over there? Right. Yeah. But, Whatever that just means the magic's working. He's they're, they're listening to the call. That's that's a huge thing. Getting them to listen is sometimes one of the hardest things. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, you have to approach it respectfully. You know, a, a lot of a lot of times people who do paranormal investigations, uh, people who who are, are they dabble in the occult or they dabble in spirituality, they dabble in this or that. Um, they have a tendency to be sort of provocateurs and they'll come into a home and they'll yell, um, who are you? Come at me. Come at me. Who are you? Come at me. That's funny. And you have to say, okay. Yeah. If, if I were just hanging around in my home and someone came in and started yelling at me, come at me. I would, I would, first of all, I would laugh most of the time. Secondly, I would feel incredibly and rightfully so insulted. And I would try to get them out of my house. So when my, when I, when I investigate, I always approach it as that I am a guest in their home. They don't have to talk to me. They don't have to be the, if they don't want, if they don't want to talk to me, they don't have to talk. I'm a guest. But like a guest, you you want to make certain absolutely. You and even when when you're I, when, I talk about that in my classes a lot. Yes, you you always have to be polite. And, and yeah, I, I talk about that in class. 
I'm I'm not surprised. You and I, my friend, I'm not surprised. Simpatico. Yeah, because yeah, I always say that because we are guests in their house. They they're there every day, and they got to listen to all the the idiots like you were talking about. Say, like, show yourself. I demand you to come out here right now. It's like what? What are you doing? It's like we just got invited into their home, and I I walk in, and I've done I've done a lot of historical places, and I've I've done all the the, the, the dumb TV shows and stuff. And I always get that comment, like, hey, you're, I like the way you, you do your thing. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you walk into a room, you introduce yourself. You present yourself as you're talking to the, the people on the house. I'm like, I am. I, this is not about me. I'm not here because I want something or anything. I want to experience them. I want to know about them. I want to know their story and, and, mm -hmm. and say, hello, I heard about you and I'm totally impressed. Look at your beautiful home. And mm -hmm. I guess better activity that way oh absolutely absolutely they'll be a lot kinder they'll be a lot more apt to to do things for you because the, now they want to impress you oh yeah. they can see me okay all right let's have a little chat a chat a little talk yeah and once again you're building relationships every next time i come back to this haunted place they're going to remember me like oh there's that cool guy he played music for us last time he was here he was fun let's Let's bring them in. Come on, hurry up. You know, let's have some fun. And it, it just gets better and better every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But I also tell people you have to have a, a guest list too. So, you know, if, if you're channeling spirits and energies, if you, if you have a party, you wouldn't just open your door and say, hey, everybody, come on into my house. Uh, the silverware is over here. My entertainment, my, my, my electronics are here. The jewelry is over here. Can everybody come into my house. You wouldn't do that because sometimes you might inadvertently invite someone that you don't want to invite. What you would do is you would have a guest list. These are my friends. I trust my friends. They can bring their friends. I trust this person. But sometimes you get someone in the house that is not behaving properly. And as a host, you have to ask the person to leave. You don't be rude about it. You just say, I'm sorry. This is not going to work. You have to leave. And it's the same in the spirit world. Yeah, because you can't clash different energies. They're not going to vibe. It's not going to work out. So take the, the problem out of there and get things back to normal. And I, and I talk about it all the time when I'm filming the TV shows now, and, I, and you know, this is totally different than what I used to do. I used to bring my whole paranormal team into a location and there's people everywhere. And it's just got very chaotic as time went on. And I've been doing this for over 30 years. Now I've realized I'm going to set this time frame up and I'm going to bring this person and that person and you, my camera guy, and we're just going to keep it small, keep it tight, you know, yep. because, you know, if I bring, if I bring th three of my psychics and Patty included, if I bring them all together, their feelers are out and they're going to start bouncing off each other. And it's not going to be as great as if it was me, the homeowner and Patty, just intimate. Then we can all link with the spirit energy. I'm trying to not contaminate the spirit energy anymore. I'm trying to keep it simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just seems to work out better. Smaller, smaller energy masses. Plus, you're I, building friendships again. They'll be like, oh, I remember that person you brought last time. She was really fun. Let's do this again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Patty and I, we work so well together. 
we were in uh we were in upstate where is it i can't remember we were in, in, in upstate new york some time ago and we did we did but we we worked together you know like i said but we 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 did a séance and a group of people gathered around and she there's a woman i think she's she's with you she's she feels like a grandmother the woman said yes i agree i remember she said but she's doing this thing with her hands i don't know what i don't know what that is does that make sense she says no i don't i don't know she's but she's doing this i don't know why she's doing this and i said yeah but i'm seeing a dish she's holding a dish what is this dish and the woman who was the sitter burst out laughing and she says oh oh my grandmother was was a heavy smoker and she always carried around her ashtray and when she would smoke she would this is what she would do all day long so sometimes sometimes we can see something that the other person can't see but smaller is better typically absolutely two, two three four people if if you have if you have a whole team it gets it, it just gets makes better. it easier to do things and uh keeps uh, the energy down so not everyone overflowing and stuff and also uh, more novice novice people they they will ask the same questions over and over and over who are you how did you die uh, you know no. you're dead stop I don't, stop I don't do any of those no i ask about ice cream <laughs> ice cream and music and yeah i always i always want them to remember the things they love yeah. that's why i always say hey you know what's your favorite ice cream blah blah i was throwing my chocolate chip blah 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 what kind of music do you like? I actually did, I actually filmed a thing called uh, the Paranormal Music Park, where I went to this big location from the 1920s and played music from different genres and had all the equipment out and stuff. And it just seemed to work out great. You know, certain periods of music, everything would go crazy. Like I got to the big band era, like the 1940s stuff. Oh my God, the place went just lit up and was, you could just feel the, the happiness and the energy from the music. It was incredible. And any place that has intense emotion, and it's not just human emotion, but any place that there is intense emotion is more than likely haunted. Churches, synagogues, mosques, theaters, dance halls, um, gambling halls, um, brothels, um, even slaughterhouses. Mm -hmm. Anytime there is intense emotion, the place is haunted. I even think sometimes a lot of the, these old movie cinemas are haunted because of what was real good actors. They channel that energy from within themselves where they pull it to them and it is real. It is acting, but it is absolutely real. What they're saying is real. What they're feeling is real and they're projecting it out into those walls. And that's why I think that even, even movie cinemas are, are haunted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we are coming to the end of the show. We are going to have to wrap. You know, it, it's sad I only get an hour show, but, you know, you're one of those people I always look forward to talking to, and we could do this for hours and just go back and forth. And you, It's so good to catch up with you. I haven't seen you in a while, and, it, and I can feel your energy, you know, coming through the monitors and stuff. It, it feels really good to talk to you. Yeah. My pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. Right. And people can find you uh, at the Gentleman Psychic. 
thegentlemanpsychic.com. You can find me on Facebook, on YouTube, on um, all the medias of social, either Richard Lale Lillard or as The Gentleman Psychic or the parlor of the gentleman psychic. That's one of my pages that I, it's, I have two now, but I meant, I I meant it to be anyway, I I'm everywhere, but make certain, make certain that it is me. There are a lot of fakes out there because it just happens. It just happens to be there. There are, but you'll know, I have a very distinct cadence. If, if they're, if, if they're talking also know, I will never contact you personally, to get a reading, you can contact me. I'm easily found. If you need a reading, if you if you need to talk to me, I'm easily found. I will never contact you. Perfect. Not- He's not going to contact you, so don't worry. You got to <laughs> contact him. That's right. <laughs> All right, my friends. That's going to be it for the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a very long time. And I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. Me and too, I'm my looking, friend. Looking forward to seeing you in the near future and hopefully uh, getting out there and having some fun. Oh, I look forward to it. I think so. All right. And that's going to be it. And I will uh, talk to you later. Have a good night. Good night. So that is it for tonight's show. You've been listening to My Darkest Hour on liveparanormal.com. You have been watching... Uh, my Darkest Hour for Paraflix and for YouTube. You can go ahead and see all the archive shows. Um, that was Richard Lale Lillard, um, the gentleman psychic. Very nice to work with him. Uh, he's a very, very strong psychic medium. Uh, you can always follow him on the University of Magic Demi site. See some of his classes. Make sure you go to his YouTube channel. And see all the different things uh, that he talks about. Like I said, uh, incredible with history. Um, I love to watch some of the shows that, that he does and the things that he talks about. I'm very fascinated with a lot of that stuff. So make sure you guys go and check it out. And that is going to be it for the show. And we will see you guys next time right here on My Darkest Hour.